DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. Zero Res has been proven in lab tests to remove more dirt and soils than other methods. Their powered water cleaning means no soap, no shampoos, and no toxic chemicals. Schedule your Zero Res cleaning today by calling them at 801-288-9376. All right, it is time to hear from Kyle Whittingham, Utah football coach doing media availability on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. In the olden times, we would have talked to him after practice. But... We're not going to practice anymore. Obviously, there's COVID concerns. You've got to limit the number of people who are around and in contact with people. They don't want to lose games. And so everything, everything has been redone. Kyle's available by Zoom three mornings a week. Here's his Friday availability on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hey, Kyle, um, what, you, you know, you, you already mentioned you guys already have your starting quarterback in place. How hard was that, was that choice to make when you guys uh, finally made, made that decision? Tough decision, but there was enough separation that uh, it was, uh, I don't want to say obvious, but it was it was uh, apparent that uh, one had perform- outperformed the other two. And so uh, it wasn't a case where uh, we had none of the three performing at the level they needed to, because all three were performing very well, but one of them had separated himself and, and uh, enough separation where it was pretty unanimous as far as the coaching staff as to as to uh, what direction we were going to go now Andy Andy obviously has the uh, the most say well I, I guess I would have the most say but but Andy uh, has uh, you know I really trust Andy and rely on him and lean on him uh, for those decisions and, and we were in the same camp on this one next we'll go to Ryan Costeca from SI.com followed by Cameron Livingston hey coach how you doing this morning Good, thank you. So you talked about, you know, all camp, about how the offense is beginning to thrive and the defense still has work to do. Are you happy with the progress you've seen this week, especially now leading into next week, which is it's game prep week, it's time? Right, and the answer is, yeah, the short answer is yes. Defense has taken strides this week. But uh, as we've known from the onset, there's, what, nine guys that we playing for us that have played virtually no Division One football uh, of any significance and so it's been a, a process getting them up to speed we're still not where we need to be but the last few days have been very encouraging and uh, we're going to have to you know these guys are gonna have to play their way into uh, a uh, I don't want to say a comfort level but it, there's going to be a a, uh, a period of time where they're just going to have to get comfortable in a game situation we're doing the best we can to to simulate a, a game situation and put them in a lot of live work, but there's nothing really that can replicate an actual game and what it's going to be like. And so we're just trying to, to prep them as best we can. And then they're just going to have to settle in and get used to the speed of the game uh, when the season starts, if that makes sense. Cole Bagley from the Daily Utah Chronicle, followed by Josh Newman. Hey, Coach, uh, we spoke with a few of, of your freshman players this morning. Is there a common thread uh, amongst those guys that draws you to them that you want to bring them into the program? Talent is, is the common thread with that class. We, And I think that's a big reason, particularly on defense, that we were able to land a bunch of those guys is because of the what we were just talking about, the departure of nine starters and, and virtually every one of those guys in the NFL, I believe. Uh, is that right, Paul? I think so. But anyway, that that – created opportunity for this recruiting class and that was a big selling point for a lot of these uh, freshmen is hey these guys are all gone there's a great opportunity for for young guys to come in and play right away 
And uh, I think that uh, was a big reason why we were able to attract and land so many of those uh, quality recruits on the defensive side. We're thrilled with the offensive guys as well, but, but I think that really helped us out uh, with this recruiting class, the opportunity that presented itself with the uh, departing guys. Josh Newman, followed by Sammy Mora, Daily Utah Chronicle. Kyle, with um, with Tuesday, Election Day being um, a mandatory day off, how does that alter what you guys are trying to accomplish during the week leading up to Arizona? Not a big deal because we've uh, been uh, scheduling and, and preparing for that as far as how we're structuring each practice to uh, compensate for that. And so what we'll do is we'll finish out this week, uh, a lighter day today, a heavy day tomorrow. Uh, players will have Sunday off. Uh, and then we'll go ahead and have a heavy day on Monday, which would have been on a Tuesday. Monday would have been a light day uh, in a game week prep. And so essentially we're just swapping out uh, our heavy practice on Tuesday to Monday. Then Tuesday, obviously nothing will go on. Then Wednesday will be a typical Wednesday and we'll just lead right up into the game. So don't expect it to be a factor at all. And uh, the entire conference or maybe even the country, I don't know how the whole country's handled, but the conference is all handling it the same way. So it's it's uh, the same for Arizona and everybody else in the league. I'm sure they have the same approach that we do. And just a quick follow-up. As we sit here on Friday morning, is there any clarity um, on Dalton Kincaid yet? Yes, good point. He's, he's eligible. That was a, a huge positive. Found out, uh, I believe it was Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday afternoon that we found out that the NC2A had granted him eligibility, and that was big because he is a, a fine player and is going to be uh, in our plans uh, right away. Paul, just bear with me. Sorry. With Kincaid in now, you have three guys who you seem to like, seem to trust. Um, how do you kind of manage that now having, you know, three legitimate options at tight end? Yeah, Andy will do a great job managing that and already has as far as personnel groups and, and making sure that uh, we get the playmakers on the field and, and uh, get the ball to the right guys. And, and uh, there'll be several balls, uh, enough balls to go around uh, for, for all involved. And, and uh, we actually have four tight ends. And when you talk about Thomas Yasmin, who has made a ton of progress, uh, not only this camp, but ever since he got here, and uh, then we have Ali Niamatololo, who's a guy that figures in there as well. So we, we feel we've got a, a great uh, stable of tight ends, and we're going to maximize what they, you know, what each of them brings. And uh, so, yeah, we just continue to proceed. Next, we'll go to Sammy Mora, Daily Utah Chronicle, followed by Cameron Livingston, Utah Man Podcast. Hey, Coach, so you talked about the kicking battle a couple weeks ago. Is there any update and any clarity on the kicking game for Utah? Absolutely. The update is there is no clarity, and uh, we're still we're still trying to determine who the guy is, uh, and it just it's like a, a great horse race. They're just jockeying for position. One will take a little bit of a lead, and the other one will nose by, and, and uh, which is not a concern because they're both kicking at a, at a high level and doing a good job. They're just so close that there's uh, no uh, separation yet. And, uh, you know, it's not like the quarterback position. We've got to see separation early and no, or not early, but uh, in advance of the game enough to, to you know, have them work with the ones, you know, the quarterback and so forth. The, the kicker is different. It's, you know, we could wait all the way up until game time and it's not a big deal. You know, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, choosing the right guy, hopefully. And then if we choose a guy and he, proves that he's uh, not really uh, able to 
do it under pressure, then we got options. And so we're not uh, concerned about it. It would be nice to know who the guy's going to be. Don't get me wrong, but but it's not imperative like quarterback or, or other positions. Next, we'll go to Cameron Livingston, followed by Trevor Allen. That's my mom's uh, maiden name. Maybe we're related. <laughs> Thanks for your for your time today, Coach. Okay. Uh, looking back over the last couple of weeks for camp, what has been the biggest improvement for both the offense and the defense? That's a good question. I would say offensively, just the overall execution level. Um, early on, just like probably everyone in America, we're having some false starts and administrative penalties and a little bit of sloppy play. Everything's just tightened up. Uh, assignments are, are very solid, very few missed assignments, uh, very few mental errors. And so that's really offensively the, the uh, thing that you can see is everything just coming together and, and becoming a, uh, a well-oiled machine. Now, we'll have to see where we are. For sure, we get in the game, but, but that's what you can see occurring in practice as we, as we progress through. Defensively, it's getting everyone on the same page. Like I said, a hundred times, there's guys that just uh, are brand new to this. And so it's been a, a, a much more lengthy process and it's still an ongoing process with those guys to get everyone in sync, everyone playing their gaps correctly, everyone pattern reading and dropping in the coverages correctly, uh, techniques and fundamentals in the secondary correctly when you're working with uh, you know, almost exclusively sophomores and freshmen at the corner spot. It's, uh, it's been challenging, but uh, like I said, the talent is there. It's just a matter of those, these guys getting settled in and gaining confidence. Our final two will come from Trevor Allen, followed by Ryan Costeca, SI.com. Coach, we had uh, Jaron Comp, Xavier Carlton, and uh, Van, Van Fillinger on earlier. Can you just talk about each of those guys and, and what they bring to your program? Absolutely. Jaron Comp, start with him. We signed him, what, three years ago, went on a church mission, uh, got back just, uh, just this year. Incredible physical specimen, 6'5 plus, probably closer to 6'6, 310 pounds. Uh, very little body fat. I mean, the guy is just a incredibly fit human being and and uh, excellent feet, competitive, very smart, and uh, you're going to see a lot of him either in the starting lineup or in a rotation. He's a guy that that uh, has really impressed throughout this fall camp. Uh, incredible fitness level overall. Like I said, we run uh, gassers at the end of uh, <clears throat> some of the practices, and he is running at the same rate as the wide receivers. At 310 pounds, as far as the times that he's turning in for the gasser, so it's he's he's really a special kid, and uh, to be able to come off a church mission and be a true freshman and be at the level he is right now is is phenomenal. Uh, I think Van and X were the other two you mentioned, two outstanding freshman prospects. You're going to see these guys on the field uh, on, on uh, Saturday, week from tomorrow, and they they both got uh, great a great skill set uh, as far as their Physical stature, you know, 6'4 for Van and 6'6 for uh, X, and they're both 255, 260 right in that range and uh, have really progressed over the last four weeks since we've uh, been in pads, I guess, three weeks now. So so very, very pleased with those guys. And, and like I said, those are two big-time recruits, those guys. Those last two, they had uh, a lot of options across the whole country, and uh, we're fortunate they decided to uh, stay home here at Utah. Our final question will come from Ryan Costeca. Coach, I assume you heard the news about Trevor Lawrence testing positive. How much do you reiterate to your players about the safety and the need, you know, to adhere to the protocols for the team? 
only about 10 times a day. And uh, they hear it ad nauseum from us as coaches. They hear it from me every time we have a, a, a gathering of the entire team prior to practice, after practice. They hear it from their position coaches in their position meetings. They hear it from their coordinators in their unit meetings. It's a constant reminder and a constant, I don't want to say battle, but because uh, I, I believe our guys are doing a great job uh, keeping themselves out of harm's way. At least the test results will bear that out. And so it is something that we continually remind them of, harp on it, educate them, any new information we get. For example, the other day, someone knew there was something that if you eat out in a restaurant, you're twice as likely to, to get the virus than if you just eat at home. And they're just trying to continually educate them and uh, remind them to uh, that there's, this is a time for sacrifice. Now, it's hard. These guys are college kids, and there's it's a time in their lives where they should be having some social interaction and, and having a you know, get together, but they can't do that. And that's just part of the deal, the sacrifice that they they need to make to uh, to uh, accomplish something that uh, you know, they're all striving for, and that's uh, trying to win football games. There's Kyle Whittingham meeting with the media about 10 times a day, PK, because you've worked your whole life to get to this point as a college football player, and you owe it to yourself, and you owe it to your teammates, and hopefully the games will go on. So... Just keep giving them every piece of information. Just keep stay on it because nobody wants to be the Wisconsin-Nebraska game vaporizing. That's what you took from all that about football? No, I took a bunch of cool things from that. There were some (laughs) hilarious things in there. Kyle, the only update is there is no update. But we're all all good, though. No no matter what. Both kickers are kicking at a high rate. (laughs) So we just have to decide which kicker will go out there and uh, make 98% of his kicks. Yeah, it uh, cracks me up. And then you knew the answer. Well, on the voting day, yeah, no problem. We're not going to miss a beat. (laughs) Well, it is the the opener. You know, if it shorted you a day in the middle of a game week when you're coming off another game, but because you've got all this time to prepare for the opener, that does seem to mitigate it a little bit. Let's ask Gary Anderson and Kalani about that next week when they miss Tuesday. Right, yeah, well, and if you're off your second game getting ready for your third game, I think it's a different deal than if you're getting ready for not, your first game. Not for game. Utah State, then you just practice on Sunday. And, uh, for BYU, you yeah, don't, although for the, the coaches yeah. do all sorts of work on the, They act like they don't, which is something I'll never understand. They can fly, they can do all these other things, Yeah. but yep. when it comes to get out on the field, you're all going to hell if you do that, uh, even though you, know, you can go ahead and do it in a pro career. And So Steve Young is going to go to heaven on his BYU days, but he's going to go to hell in the NFL. I, I just, I don't, I don't get that. But that's just me. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that they, they, you can, you can extend them on other days to make up for it. I don't think it's that big of a deal. DJ and PK, it's ninety-seven five at twelve eighty. The zone. Anything else you want to uh, add here to this? Uh, your takeaways on yes. that? We, I, the the thing about I the do. quarterback off the top was really interesting. Uh, it's break time right now, and I know that we could go thirty minutes without a break to the end of the show uh, discussing the quarterback spot. That feels well, like it deserves its own day I, next week. Yes, let's I mean, do I've that. Information. All right, let's do that. I've I've got some thoughts on it. You got some info on it. We will get to that coming up. DJ and PK, it's ninety-seven five at twelve eighty. The zone. Football Fridays here on the Zone Sports Network and coverage of the Raiders game against the Cleveland Browns on Sunday is brought to you by America First Credit Union, the exclusive home of the official Raider debit card. Same great features and benefits now with the silver and black. Learn more at AmericaFirst.com slash Raiders. 
All right, PK, uh, time to recap everything that happened in this show, including Kyle Whittingham. We just uh, played his media availability today. Started out with the cornerbacks, and uh, or the quarterbacks, and uh, he's got a starter. He doesn't want to tell anybody who it is. There has been uh, the presumption all along that it's Bentley because he's the transfer from the SEC. He's started 30 games. He must have impressed his teammates when he came in because they picked him as captain. So if it's not Bentley, that means one of the other guys must have been really good because Bentley's coming in as a transfer. If he wasn't good, it would have been easy for his teammates who you know don't know him because he's coming as a grad transfer and he's got no history here. It would have been easy for them to pick somebody else as a captain, maybe an experienced offensive lineman or something like that. But they went with him, so he must have done a lot of stuff right. If he isn't the starter, then someone like Cam Rising must have come in and been really good. And as much as everybody wants to go to Bentley, you know, they had this situation before, and they did invest in the younger player who had more years of eligibility and the veteran who we knew was pretty good. Troy Williams is a pretty good quarterback, but he wasn't the starter, and they invested in a guy who could give him three years and who ended up taking him to the conference uh, title game. Well, also, too, uh, if I remember correctly, Troy Williams was voted captain, so you can have a similar situation. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to... Uh, I've been told who the starter is. It's as simple as that, and I don't. I'll announce it a week from today, because I think if we announce it a, a day before, I don't think Kyle can get mad at us. <laughs> it's too late at that point for Arizona, and I don't think it's going to make a difference anyway. But uh, you know, the thing that you say is right, and I can tell you that they love Cam Rising's uh, playmaking ability. And th- that's a fact, and. Uh, earlier this week, I think it was, because we're, we're already to Friday, which, how do we go and we close the show when Yogg plays, but Monday, Monday, and the next thing we know, it's Friday. I still <laughs> haven't, figured that, haven't figured that one out yet, and the weeks get quicker and quicker. <laughs> and, uh, so, But during this week, he made a statement where he said, you know, they film everything, and if you've been to their practices, they not only film everything, they film it from multiple angles. Yep. So everybody not, does. It's the industry yeah, standard. Right. Everybody at does least it. Three angles up top. They've got the the extension things that go up in the sky, and so they film everything. And every pass is charted. And I can tell you that they have loved Rising's accuracy uh, on it, which obviously that's what floats your boat, right? As a quarterback, right? Is your accuracy? I mean, that's what just got me just blown away with what Slovis at SC last year. His accuracy was just incredible, especially for a freshman. I'm expecting him to have a huge season. I hope he sucks in the first game, but nevertheless. Uh, so with Rising there, they've been very, very impressed. And Kyle spoke earlier, not at the same time, but I think it was another time where he said that uh, one of the things that they needed to see improvement on was his uh accuracy and not being as loose with the football as he was a scout team and you know he knew the NCAA had declared him ineligible last year they appealed but he was ineligible so he knew psychologically I mean, he wasn't going to play so may I don't know maybe there was something there that uh, why not take a chance and also too he's running the scout team and every pass that he threw in the secondary was literally defended by an NFL guy. <laughs> so <laughs> that's something, too. So, yeah, I think they're in a good spot there, and they'll go with who they go, and we'll all get to see it in eight days. I'm excited for it. 
Well, hopefully uh, Kyle's not uh, blowing any smoke, leading us on, uh, spinning stuff through the media to you know get the guys you know psychologically wherever he wants them. Because if there's anything we've learned watching college football, it's you, you really need a second good quarterback. It's a little different this year. It's oh, yeah. seven games, not twelve. So I guess there's less of a chance of getting hurt. When Huntley got hurt at ASU, that had to be like the. Uh, it must have been like the eighth game of the year, right? Ninth game of the year, maybe. First week of November it was. I know yeah, that. because... Um, so I think it was eighth. I want to say eighth. Uh, I think that he... Or ninth. No, because they would have three, three more Because he went right. three and oh. Um, Shelly right. came in and won three games. And then and lost, lost the, the conference two. title game and yeah, lost the right, bowl you're game. Right, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So for all the teams that are going to lose a quarterback in their, in their ninth game, well, that means one thing in a 12-game season, and that means something different if you're playing 7, 8, 10, or 11 games, depending on which conference you're in in America. Well, also, too, one of the things he said that caught my ear was when the decision was made, the next practice or next media availability, which would have been a couple of practices because he doesn't speak every day, is he said that there was no pouting. And so if you did not win that job, say, for argument's sake, a Bentley, that, uh, you know, what they're going to look at you to see what your attitude is uh, as far as uh, what are you are you still competing at the highest level that you can compete at? And uh, Kyle didn't name names, but he's generally speaking, all three of them, he said that he noticed no difference in terms of their attitude and their competitiveness from one practice to another once the depth chart was fully established, one, two, and three. These guys uh, track everything. They follow everything. They uh, Who did we have on earlier this week that was telling us about seeing video from other situations, other games? Um, so, yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, and so... Uh, the uh, no, it was wide receivers. It was Dylan Colley because it was a wide receivers coach um, in Oregon State, and so I have no doubt that at some point these quarterbacks, whether it was before the decision or after the decision, all know the odds of a second and third string quarterback playing. You know, it's pointed out to them. You may think you're number three, but number three ended up starting. So be ready. You know, the third quarterback mattered at BYU and at Boise State and at Stanford and at USC last season. Be ready. You know, Kyle's the king of next guy up. You know, 90% of the people, uh, or what, half the people don't care about your problems, the other half are glad you have them. And so I'm sure the second and third string guys know the odds of them still playing, even if they're not named well, starter. Well, adds up to 140%. It's a Yogi Berra thing. Don't, Which is don't, what don't I give every it. morning. Yeah! Yeah! Bring it! <laughs> Bring it! You know, if they do go with rising, as I've been saying, I don't think this season is a just... Uh, just a total waste of time by any stretch. I totally agree. But, you play it, to uh, win the game 18 you, years you ago today. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't argue that, man. I, I can't. Uh, but I do think it, next year, if Rising gets the majority of the snaps, and once we get to the end of December, I cannot tell you uh, that Rising will get the majority of the snaps. We'll have to see. But if he does and plays at least fairly well, really sets them up nice for next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, you know, with everybody uh, getting an extra year of eligibility, and you'll have to see who wants it, right? Some guys may be done with football. Some people will inevitably have injuries and shut it down. The people who are going to the NFL are going to go to the NFL regardless of how much eligibility they have left. One of the most hilarious wastes of time we ever had was all the gnashing of teeth over Alex Smith. Oh, no, the Utes played him, and they wrecked a year of his eligibility. <laughs> and he had two great years, and he left a year on the table when he left. Wasted portions of our life debating that. Uh, Did he leave two years? <clears throat> ultimately, he left one. He, I thought he, he was a redshirt sophomore. So he didn't get to redshirt his freshman year because he played a series at San Diego State when Mac was coaching the team, and then he played two years under Urban. And what was it? So he got in later in the season. Yeah, late in the season. If he got in earlier in the season, it would have been a redshirt. He, he, he ended up, uh, they ended up burning it. I don't know if they ever, uh, you know, maybe they could have... Um, uh, what do you do? Petition, petition. to get it back but and all it didn't that. Matter but it never gone. got to that. Yeah, it never got higher to that. Than the number one pick. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so he was gone, and we were all stressed. How could they? Oh well. Whatever. All I right. actually don't think that this, this eligibility thing is going to have much of an impact. I think guys are going to go on schedule anyway. Get on with their lives, or get onto the NFL, or shut down because of injury. All the things that happen anyway are going to keep mm-hmm. happening. Yes. Yeah, uh, the other thing that happened actually just here in the in the last few minutes is the bowl schedule is out, PK, and so for Pac-12 teams, an eighth game for other people, a tenth or eleventh game, uh, and it is going to be nonstop college football the weekend of the 18th and 19th. Everybody's moved their title games back two weeks. Yes. So Friday the 18th is the Pac-12 title game. It's also yes. the MAC and Conference USA, and then everybody else plays on Saturday. Big Ten, Big 12, SEC, ACC, the the Mountain West title game and all that. There is actually, and that would normally be a, a day where there'd be like five bowl games that day. And uh, ABC would have the well, Vegas first bowl. first Saturday of the bowl season. Right, yeah. and ESPN would have a triple header and Mexico. they'd stick a game on ESPN too. Yeah, New Mexico Bowl and, and Vegas Bowl often fall on that day. Right. This year, there's one bowl game, which will happen the same day there's these five conference title games. It's the Frisco Bowl in, uh, in the soccer stadium, in Toyota Stadium down there in Frisco. Texas and suburban Dallas. And then Sunday, there's nothing. But Monday, there's a game in the afternoon, even though there's going to be Monday night football that night. And then there's games every single day from Monday, December 21st until Saturday, January 2nd. It is just nonstop. And then the beautiful thing is, and I just tweeted this out at the bottom, it says, asterisk, asterisk, all bowls subject to change. You think? <laughs> it's like... Every weekend we're having games postponed and canceled. So, of course, a game could be delayed a day or two, or a game could be announced that they're not playing it after all. I mean, who knows? Uh, another bowl game got uh, got canceled today. Uh, which one? The Quick Lane Bowl, not a bowl that matters to us. Which, uh, then, which one's that? I have no idea. Uh, you know, honestly, I'd have to look it up. Oh, it's the Detroit game? Old Motor City Bowl. Okay. The Old Motor City Bowl. And so that was uh, Big Ten and somebody. Ford it? Field. Yeah. So that one's out, uh, and there's a list of them now. We're getting close to about a half dozen there games. There was a note that was put out that said that the Las Vegas Bowl, its status is to be determined in the next week or so. TBD on the Las Vegas Bowl, huh? Which is important to, uh, to Pac-12 fans. It's supposed to be a Pac-12 SEC game. And a, a quick scan here, I do not see it on this list of bowl games. There's still you know, 30-plus bowl games here. That they're trying to play, but for the Pac-12, the Holiday Bowl's already gone away, and the uh, Red Box Bowl's gone away, and for the Mountain West, the Hawaii Bowl has already gone away. 
And the New Mexico Bowl will be moved somewhere. It will be played, but apparently will not be played in Albuquerque. Yeah, well, remember the Pac-12 has put out three schedules this year. So, so right. So stand by. Stay yeah. tuned. I love the Astros. All bowls subject to change. Yep, there will of be course. change. There will be change. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised if a significant portion of them aren't played. So, other things we discussed in this show. Anything you want to hit from uh, Riley Nelson coming on? David Locke, Lincoln Kennedy, and then obviously the Kyle Whittingham availability. We've got a couple minutes here. Anything you want to hit? A lot of stuff uh, involved there. I was glad to see Riley really uh, talk up the fact that uh, the continuity on the coaching staff. John Beck has gotten more run, I think, than he's ever gotten as a player. Uh, but let's not forget uh, the Grime Dog and A-Rod. Uh, and they're they're doing a whale of a job. And as uh, Riley, I, and I knew exactly what he would say, uh, basically said, yeah, I wish I would have had uh, three years of continuity. But three years of continuity in college football is, it's, geez, it's like expecting a Hollywood marriage to go more than five years. It doesn't ever happen. And, and it's happened here. And he talked about how Jeff Grimes has just gotten better as a play call. I mean, they've had some sweet plays this year. There's no doubt about it, man. They just feel confident in everything they throw out there. And I think that's important. And I, you can, and I hear the screams, oh, the schedule, the schedule, the schedule. Yeah, I get it. But you still got to execute the play. And no matter who you're playing, you've got to execute the play. And they've had some great execution of plays, and the plays have been creative. The, the play calling for BYU reminds me of what Andy Ludwig did last year for Utah. And I think the ultimate test here, the ultimate validation, and I know you don't like it because you like to separate the college and the NFL, but I think the ultimate validation for this team is how many guys end up playing in the NFL. And I think you have to go back to the 2008 Utes. It's not just the guys who uh, won that Sugar Bowl game against Alabama and then went straight into the draft, but it's all the, also the guys who went the next year. You know, you could have... 10 NFL guys on your team if if seven go this and three th- go this year and three go next year. You know, you can just look at the last two years of the Utes, right? It's not just the guys who went in the draft this year, but the first time they went to the conference title game, you know, there were guys who went in that draft and then obviously in the ensuing draft. And if you end up and we were counting them up yesterday, it's it's pretty easy to get to four or five guys who might be who should be in the NFL and maybe it'll turn out that it's more than that. And when you start when you start ending up with whatever it is, four, six, eight, ten NFL guys start getting our attention. Four NFL guys on a team can make a huge difference and really elevate a team at the college level. And obviously when you get to the Bamas and the Clemsons, or what LSU sent, like 15 guys last year? It's a huge number. Huge number. All right, DJ and PK, coming up next, your feedback. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. The Jazz have been sold to Ryan and Ashley Smith from Qualtrics. I think the thing you can take away from today's conversation is you have one established Utah family selling an NBA team to another established Utah family. And that's the most important thing is the realization that this team is not going anywhere with a family in uh, Ryan and Ashley that uh, is uh, bound and determined to make this team successful here in Utah and will do everything they can to bring a championship to Utah. That was always Larry's goal. That was Gail's 
goal, and I think we can all safely say that's very much Ryan's goal as well. We've seen some of these big tech giants step in as owners. Look at Mark Cuban's purchase of the Dallas Mavericks and how far they've come. The passion that he has for that team. I believe that Ryan Smith will have that same passion for the Utah Jazz. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. PK, it is time for your feedback. J Sarge 66 BYU says, in answer to the question, uh, what question of the day today? Advice for Ryan Smith. Got a new owner. What would you like to tell him? And some people want to be GM. Some people are into fan relations. There are a lot of people who are begging him to get the jazz broadcast a streaming option. They've cut the cord and they want to be able to watch jazz games. Uh, BYU says, dump AT&T Sportsnet like they insulted your mother. The only streaming option they'll have is their own service, which requires a two-year agreement. So it may as well be cable. People are fired up about this, PK. We're, tra- we're, tra- we're in an era of transition here, oh, and yeah, people want yeah. their jazz. Of course you do. You want whatever's available, and if you can't, you get upset by it. I understand. I don't particularly understand all that because all I know is the games are available on my TV and phone, and when it comes to that, I'm set. But if you're not set, then I have a problem for you. I mean, I sympathize with you because these games are important to people. They want to watch them. You know, I think people enjoyed it when everything was free over the air, and there are people who are actually on our Facebook page saying, put the Jazz games for t- on TV for free over the air. But financially, that's not going to happen. You know, David Locke was on telling us, uh, you know, the disadvantage that different teams are at financially with the $25 billion owner, the $10 billion owner, the $2 billion owner, and we all know about market sizes and all that. Um, and so it was more money, right, to go to cable and, and go to satellite. But how and now many of those games are on TV too. Now we're going to the streaming option, and PK ultimately it's going to be more expensive. Ugh. I know, but that that is where Netflix. I think originally Netflix was available for like four bucks a month or something incredibly cheap, and I just saw a thing that they're raising from thirteen ninety nine to seventeen ninety nine. You know, the price of everything is, is going a month? going yeah a month. That's, yeah. that's why I don't get it. Right, and I spend all my money on on sports. Right, yeah, and I think that um, you know we're going to see as much as it frustrates you that you know to get NFL ticket I had to go over here to direct, but to get the Pac-12 network I had to go over here and get uh, Comcast. Right, it just drives people That's nuts. Me. So right, yeah, you actually have both in your house so that you can you can see all this stuff. Uh, but it's your job, and it's a different deal. And the the average person, you know, can't do that. And you know that because your parents couldn't have done that, um, oh. right? Yeah. So uh, I was talking with Dunny about this because soccer's going there first, but everybody's going to follow. It's going to happen. And and Dunny uh, does a satellite radio show and has to stay up on these different leagues around the world. And so he said for the, the competitions he's following, he now needs five different streaming <laughs> services because he's got to follow MLS, and that's yeah. on ESPN. Right. And he's going to follow the English Premier League, right? It's the biggest league in the world. Well, that's on NBC, and they're moving stuff to Peacock. Well, you got to follow uh, Champions League, the biggest competition in Europe. Well, that is over on CBS. And that's three. I forgot what the other two were. But you get the point. And the thing yeah. is, 
every every company is going to get a property knowing somebody wants it and they're going to charge for it. And no one company is going to have them all. You know, I, people have spent years complaining about ESPN controlling all these tip-off times and kickoff times, right, for college basketball and football. We may look back at those as the good old days. Because all of a sudden, you got to pay multiple streaming services. And because everybody loves the NFL and this free TV model has really worked for the NFL, you got to hope that that holds together. Because as much as the regionalization of games irritates people, and I get it, KTV showing Broncos Chargers this week, and those two teams aren't going anywhere. And meanwhile, over here, Pittsburgh's playing Baltimore, and they're a combined 11-1. and And as much as that stuff irritates everybody... Think about Dunny and think about if that's the way this is going for everybody else. I mean, it's his work, so it's different. But if that's the way it's going for the average fan and viewer, that's no good. No good at all. Although I do think people will pay it, though. They'll pay some of it up to the ability they can. And I think that's what the companies with these streaming services know. Well, I think what they'll do, this is just my opinion and it's biased, I think they'll cut out the other stuff to afford this because it's what I do. And why want to watch a movie? Well, I want a game. There is oh, yeah, you gotta no prior- question yes. what I'm watching. No, you're right. You've got you to gotta prioritize what's most important to you. You know, and and the thing is, is it going to get to the point where all the prices are getting hammered and there's people on budget have to prioritize, well, do I want to watch the NBA or do I want to watch the NFL? Because they're available in different places and you got to pay different streaming services for them. That's the nightmare we could be hurtling towards. And, you know, watching sports, I get it. Hashtag first world problem. But, uh, you know, nonetheless, you talk about um, and it's so it's so true as you get older and you have to take care of aging parents. But maybe you knew it younger, taking care of aging grandparents or, you know, through a friend's experience or whatever. You know, for a lot of folks, you know, they don't move around. They can't drive anymore. They may not walk that well. And, like, this is, like, their window to the world for three hours, and it's a link yeah. to their youth. And, and, and it's, it's so important. Yeah, and it's entertainment. And, and you know, because you got so many fans in L.A., and at various times the Dodgers and the Lakers and USC and UCLA haven't been available to a lot of fans down there. <laughs> well, you, ask me how many people in L.A. like the Dodgers or the Lakers or USC or UCLA. I mean, it, that, that's the core of the sports market. Oh, there's probably 15 million, and those are the ones who are just there legally. Boom. See what you did there. <laughs> Stirring the pot on a Friday on the way out the door. <laughs> I was just followed by the weirdest account on Twitter. What's that? And it must be brand new because they're following like 80 people and they don't have any followers yet. Uh, road wins, home losses followed you. <laughs> so it's somebody who's sports oriented. And their av- home losses. Road wins, home losses. That's a 500 team then. And their avatar is like if you click on like NBA.com or ESPN.com and you know the standings and then if you go out far enough, you'll see the home and away record. It's the home and away record. It just says home and away and it's got some random numbers. It's a weird account. All right, on that little bit of weirdness, you got any picks? Anybody you want to call on this uh, weekend? Any guaranteed like winners BYU. you want to deliver? Yeah, good call. <laughs> do you like San, cover do you, the spread, though? Do you like San Diego State or Utah State? Uh, right now, I'd have to go with San Diego State based on what I saw. Yeah. I mean, I want Gary Anderson to win. I'll be the first to tell you that. No offense to your guys, but I, I want Gary to win. So, uh, but what I saw of what I saw last week, but I wonder, you know, the improvement from week one to week two, and then I wonder the, the level of competition with UNLV. So that's what I was saying earlier. They've got to show well, even if you don't win, you've got to show much better than you've show than you showed last week against Boise. I don't think there's any question about that. 
Yeah, San Diego State really pushed around UNLV in the first half and was up 27 nothing. and Boise State dominated Utah State in the first half and was up 28 nothing. and need some competition, need to, uh, need to be yeah. in the game at halftime. Can't have blowouts like that. But, you know, it's just hard to pick these games because, you know, that Utah State game, it became clear later, okay, 14 guys are out, but teams don't want to announce it. They don't want to let the other team know what's going on. So to go into this and provide you some assessment, and this year of all, it's, it's crazy. You know, it's yep. just, it's, there's too many unknowns. All right, DJ and PK, Hanson Scott, you're up next. We'll see you Sunday night on Talking Sports on Channel 2.